Welcome to Build It, the US non-league soccer podcast. This week we are speaking with Haywood United. Haywood, a town of little more than 2,000 inhabitants, has big ideas for their soccer club. Here we talk growth, plans, rebranding and community engagement. It was a great session and their development should help serve as inspiration to all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning whenever you listen to this. Welcome back to Build It, the DeKalb County United podcast, where we talk to people in soccer, about soccer, all over the country. Today we're up in Wisconsin talking to a young man named Caden. Hi Caden. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, man. Um, and joining me as ever on this journey across the Netherlands of US soccer, John Hall. Hi John. Hello everybody. Look at that. Um... So, Caden, as ever, if you could just give us a brief overview of your story, your soccer story, who you're involved with, and um, anything else you think is relevant to the party. Over to oh, you. Oh, man. That, that's <laughs> an open-ended question right there. The uh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I uh, started playing soccer at a young age. Um, moved to Hayward when I was about five years old. Uh, we played ASO soccer there. Um, simplest level of play. Uh then growing up, we started doing traveling soccer um, and then got into high school soccer. Um, in high school soccer, I ended up breaking my leg in our first varsity game. Uh, I was out for two seasons with multiple surgeries, stuff like that. Um, got back into the game my junior year um, and uh, ended up going to play soccer at the NAIA level uh, with the Turbo University. Uh, definitely a rebuilding program there, um, but uh, they've turned things around a little bit. Um, ended up leaving there, uh, went up to Superior, played club there for a year. Um, and uh, yeah, now here I am. I uh, briefly played NPSL for Lacrosse Aries. Um, yeah, I know Boo, tough team, <laughs> but <laughs> Greg's a good guy. Um, and uh, yeah, I... Uh, Ended up founding uh, Hayward United um, when I was 18 or 19. Uh, and then also the league that we played in or currently oh, yeah. play in. So, yeah. Okay. So the club itself has been in existence, what, two, three years? If uh, you take last year, 2020 out of existence, right? Yeah. So we played in 2020, but we had uh, our founding season was 2017. Right. Okay. So. Okay. And what's the league that you're playing in right now? Uh, the Wisconsin Primary Amateur Soccer League. So it's uh, comprised of some of the, um, you know, small towns, big towns all across uh, northwestern, northern Wisconsin. Um, so yeah. what, sort, what, sort, what sort of travel distances time-wise are we talking here? Oh, uh, let's see. Our shortest game is a little over an hour. So um, some of the teams travel three to four hours for their games. Jeez, so it's a pretty spread out region. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the market you're in, right? You can't just generate people right right yeah no we uh 
we're lucky to have so many so much interest in northern Wisconsin um you know our town is 2,000 people uh and there's some other towns similar to us playing uh, and then you know you have your Eau Claire Duluth Wausau and those mm-hmm. are all above 50,000 I believe so a uh, little bit bigger cities uh it's yeah. kind of a cool balance to see the you know these teams competing with each other mm-hmm. definitely do, do you or any of your competitors have aspirations to go slightly further afield not that I'm touting for the Midwest Prem, but I'm just, you know, curious. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, I know our Hayward team uh, briefly spoke uh, with UPSL, but it just wasn't the right fit for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we pull guys from Duluth, uh, Ashland, Rice Lake, some of these smaller towns up in northwestern Wisconsin, but the travel is just too far. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd look for Eau Claire and Wausau. Uh, those are two teams who might want to jump up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're a little bit bigger cities. Um, you know, Eau Claire has a really good organization right now uh, with Bateau. Um, yeah. We spoke you know, to Josh a few weeks ago. I don't know if you heard yeah, that one or not. But yeah, Josh is a great guy. Uh, easy to I, work I wouldn't with. go that far. I wouldn't go that far. He's a, he's a <laughs> right guy. Yeah, I don't tell him I said anything, though. But <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, they're really got nice guys over there. I'm actually living in Eau Claire right now. So uh, I ended up playing with, in, with them in some of their uh, fall friendlies. They played uh, U, uh, UPSL side, um, Granite City, and we – played them to a four to three loss but uh yeah it's you know there's a lot of talent down here Mm -hmm. um and I think that they definitely have the ability um to jump up at some point um just not sure when yet yeah but yeah and um are you would you say you're primarily player driven or fan driven if you had to pick one you mean our club yeah um Man, that's that's a balance. I'd say at the beginning, uh, definitely player driven. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just kind of a bunch of guys who came together. Um, but now, you know, we have speakers. Uh, we're going to have an announcer this year. Um, you know, we had we I think we averaged uh, 59 people last year at our games, which is pretty good for a town of 2000. Yeah, um, that's Icelandic numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. Percentage-wise, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, our high school team usually draws, you know, 10 to 15, you know, parents. So, we had mm-hmm. casual fans walking in and stuff, which is pretty cool, especially during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously proper social distancing and stuff was oh, yeah. uh, followed. But um, we're getting a new venue this year, hopefully. Um, so, we were actually playing about five miles outside of town. Mm-hmm. And now we'll be right in the middle of town. So, um, yeah, oh, I think cool. we're kind of – transitioning to you know still player focused will um you know we our number one concern is you know player development giving these guys opportunities uh giving people somewhere to play uh but at the same time we're you know transitioning to a more fan-based experience too which is i think is important for the longevity of our club totally is totally is i was just i was just going off to john before about how club clubs that are player driven you know, start off really well because they've got all this enthusiasm on the pitch, but they take the other eye off the ball off the pitch. Um, and you're absolutely right. Like the longer you want to be around, the more it needs fans and volunteers to be doing it because players get old or players move on or yada yada yada. So yeah, totally on totally on board with that. Um, what sort of um, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase it. What sort of growth are you look are you hoping for for just personally, not not personal growth, but within the club? What's your what's your aim for the club? Sure. So we started, the club was started, um, you know, as, so I was looking for somewhere to play between college seasons. Um, and, you know, I did the short NPSL season. Um, and then the next year, uh, which was uh, 20, 
17 going into 2018, uh, I started contacting some of my high school friends, you know, saying, hey, you guys want to go play in the league up in Duluth? Um, we actually got pretty good interest. I think we rostered 24 people that year. Mm-hmm. Um, went up there, did all right. We, you know, those teams up in Duluth, they're, uh, they got a lot of college kids. Um, they all, you know, all the games are played at one stadium. Um, and all those teams have been playing together for a long time. Uh, so we went up there. I think we finished sixth out of eight teams. Um, and uh, uh, after that, I decided to partner with the youth club in Hayward. So we became the adult section of mm-hmm. their club. Um, and so we did that for the last two years here um, and have been more competitive. Uh, but there were just some uh, disagreements within the club and stuff. Uh, and we decided to part ways with the youth. We'll still have a good relationship with them uh, mm-hmm. working to, you know, uh, you know, one of the reasons also why we started it was, uh, to support soccer in a small community. Um, you know, it's 2000 people. Sometimes we'll have, you know, 30 people on the high school team. Sometimes it's 13, you know? So, uh, if we can get kids involved and get kids excited about playing soccer, that's something that'll be important. Um, but this year we actually are in the process of creating a 501 C3 nonprofit. Um, Uh-oh. so on, yeah, that's, uh, something we're in the middle of doing right now. Um, and we're doing that, I guess, to uh, to create a base so that, you know, currently I've been doing everything. And now we have a treasurer, a secretary, mm-hmm. uh, all those different types of things. So people are stepping up into those roles and that gives people, you know, a reason to be involved with the club. Um, and hopefully that'll help the club, you know, stick around in the long run. Definitely, definitely. Are those people that are involved players or non-players um so it's a little bit of both um some of them are uh you know people who are involved with the youth club as well uh and you know are going to be working with both um you know some are older some are in their 40s some are younger my age um, some are younger younger in their 40s you mean yeah, younger in their forties. Yeah, thank you. Thank I don't know you. if that's a thing, but uh, whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus. I I hope it snows up where you are. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, it always does. Um, yeah, John, I'm I'm keen to get you in here because I heard some words that you were dropping at the mouth for five hundred one C. Go. Is that a good choice or a bad choice? I know it's not a I... preference, but what are your I, I uh, speak about it frequently. I think uh, going the nonprofit route uh, as you're as you're educating your community as to what your club is about, um, it, it's a lot more powerful to go into a, a you know a pitch meeting or whatever, talking to a potential sponsor or talking to a potential partner and and say, hey, yeah, we're a nonprofit. To me, it comes across a lot nicer than. Yeah, I own the club because owning infers you're paying for it. And I'm sure that's not your intent to just write your own checks and pay for everything for everybody. So I, I personally, if you're not in it for the money, uh, I think that nonprofit's absolutely the way to go. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've the first year we came out in the red, but the last two years we've come out in the black and I haven't taken a cent of that money yet. So um I think that... How are you funding it, then? Where, where is that money coming from? Oh, uh, so we have... Well, this sounds like an interrogation. It's really sure, not. So we have sure. uh, player fees. Uh, it's actually only 80 bucks a player um, to play for the season, which is a really good price. 
Um, I know some of the leagues in Milwaukee and stuff, you know, they're paying 200 plus, 300 plus bucks. Um, and most of the teams are league, I think is probably between 100 to 150. So uh, we keep the cost low. Um, we have a main sponsor uh, for our kits. Um, so a good amount of money comes in from that. Um, and then we always do fundraisers. So like uh, we've done indoor tournaments, um, things like that, uh, outdoor tournaments, and those help bring in some money. So I think last year we ran off a budget of about 6,500, um, which is, I think, the most in our league currently. So, um, so you're Man City is what you're saying? Say again? You're Man City. Is <laughs> yeah, that what you're, that you're no, no, not quite. But we, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We we do well for for a small mm-hmm. club, you know, it's a very small town. That's, yeah. Um, that's for for what the numbers that you were talking about in terms of population to be pulling in that sort of revenue. Um, however, you're doing it is not to be sneezed at, right? It's in dem- it's indicative of a skill of a, an ability to grow. I think. Right. Um, yeah, John and I, I know it's not horses for horses, but um, how does that stack up with, with what we're doing? Because they're obviously in a smaller market with lower overheads. But do you think sixty five hundred is a a laudable figure? No. Well. Everything comes from what your costs are, obviously. So I'd imagine for $6,500, you're not paying a coach, probably, or probably not paying much for a coach. You're probably not paying field rentals. Um, and I'm only listing those things because those are big cost items for us. Well, okay, let, let, me, let me jump in there. What are your outgoings, Kagan? What are you, where are you actually spending that money? Sure. So uh, league fee um, and then referees for friendlies. Uh, we actually had a partnership this last year with a youth club. Uh, we did volunteer hours and then had to sell um, some chocolates for them. And then we got field rental. So that's one way we, you know, didn't have to have a cost. Um, but for this upcoming season, we'll actually, that budget will probably go up even more as we're actually going to have a paid coach this year, um, which will be nice. And we will have um, a nice field that we'll be playing on. So, you know, projected uh, income that we're going to need is going to definitely jump up. So we're going to have to work mm-hmm. hard to get some sponsors. Yeah, I think, All I mean, right. I think you're, I think you're doing everything. Um, I mean, you're, you're doing your due diligence, obviously. I think it's, it's uh, in line with the way we went about things. Our challenge, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the more I think about it, I guess we could have done it different, but we went about it and we paid a lot of money for field rentals because we trained we trained on turf fields every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had lights pretty much every training session. We provide athletic trainers at all home matches, obviously, and all training sessions. So if a guy picks up a knock on Tuesday night, he can get dealt with and hopefully be ready for, for Saturday. Right. Um, and then, yeah, it, it's, it's just, I mean, I've, I've analyzed our costs a thousand times. I mean, it's every little thing from, uh, printing the game day tickets, you know, um, right. printing business cards for us. So when we walk into a, a business, we look professional. Right. Um, so for us, the number was, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast. I mean, I think our first year with one team was like $46,000. Right. But we spent 10 of it in field rentals. Right. You know, we have, yeah, we don't even general... have turf here. <laughs> well, right. Right. So, I mean, and, and we could have gone on grass, but in our community, we wanted it to be a more elaborate 
point of pride. Like, oh, this team's not just playing on the same training pitch that I trained on when I was U10. You know, so we went and got really the best fields we could get in our community and we paid the price for it. But it was it was important to us to establish the image difference that we're coming in as a semi-pro team or an elite amateur team or whatever. Might call it minor league because every you know the, the public understands what minor league baseball is. Minor league soccer would probably be easier to educate people on what it, what exactly we all are. But you know we, we're the minor league team in town. Get involved, yep. and so we made decisions to spend money, and we set you know we set the goal way higher, and you know it, it still worked out too. But um, I but I think there's something unique about going we've had a few people that kind of have built their clubs a different way. You guys literally started from a group of dudes playing and then you're like, okay, we got to legitimize this a little bit more and we got to build on a little more. And I think it's, I think it's neat how you do it. How many going back to your staff a little bit as you're building your staff now, like what, I know you mentioned some of the positions, but like what, you got five people, you got 10 people. And then what are you doing? Like how, how do you organize? You guys have like, monthly meetings is there structure to it what's kind of the front office look like sure so uh currently we have uh four positions um president vp uh secretary treasurer um we had people willing to fill those roles um and then we have we kind of open up our board meetings to everyone uh who's involved so you know if anyone players coaches um you know anyone wants to listen in on what we're doing uh, and have input, they're more than welcome. Um, this is something that I thought was important because before I was make, I personally was making all the decisions. So um, to have people come in and give their opinions too, I think has strengthened what we're doing um, and given some validity to it um, or validation. I don't know if validity is a word, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, have a decent amount well for example we just had a survey about our new uniforms this year and we had i think uh 19 people respond um you know wanting to discuss what we're doing um what they thought about the uniforms um what they you know who they want to go through all this kind of stuff so um uh i would say it's it's a it's a board uh but you know there's not really a set number of people it's more kind of open um, and then we'll have game day managers as our hope. Uh, we'll have a paid coach, um, assistant coaches, uh, you know, people needing to, uh, run everyday operations like, um, uh, you know, game day operations. So like someone to run the speakers, someone to run concessions. Um, so I think it's going to jump up quite a bit, um, for the number of, you know, things that people are going to be doing. Uh, but for like our board, I would say it's just the four people are officially on the board. And then we have, you know, we kind of open up, uh, you know, to, to dialogue between everyone. Are you still playing? <laughs> yeah, currently I am. Yep. yep. How does, let me, and this is just devil's advocate thing, but sure. how does that work when the, you're the president, I assume. Yep. Play hires the coach the board hires the coach or brings a coach on and then the president's playing. Do you see how there's like a, um, you're above him and below him 
or her at the same time and how how that could be tricky in, oh, yeah. in disagreements. Yep, yep. So, I, I mean, we've been doing this for the last three years now. So, uh, you know, I kind of ran things. And then we, we've always had a coach. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've played all the way through. I guess you just have to realize, you know, when you're a player and when you're, you know, you have to take on different roles. So, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm on the field, you know, he's, you know, our head coach, his name's uh, TJ Stillwell. Um, he, you know, has control over what we do, um, you know, and I listen to him when I'm on the field. And then when it goes to administrative things, then, you know, it kind of flips. And mm -hmm. um, I think just respecting your roles in the moment is, is important. Um, has, he, has he dropped you, Kate? Have you ever fall, fell foul of his wrath? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah so you, so you, once in a while. I mean, but, um, you know, on the field, you know, I'll get pulled or stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it, off the field, it, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, it's, that's, mm -hmm. that's sports to me. I don't know. It's sportsmanship and stuff like that is important. So. Sounds like, I, sounds like there's a chance I can make this work with Gasan, Nick, and I probably better start getting fit. Instead I've of seen you play. Like, I've seen John. There's no way you can make it work. I don't hate the most people. As the president, I respectfully disagree. He <laughs> <laughs> signs the checks, right? Um, Caden, it's kind of related, but kind of not. I'm just, I'm incredibly impressed by your maturity. I know when I was at 22, there was no way I'd be having this conversation. We alluded to it, but I couldn't have this conversation with the knowledge that you're bringing and the sort of the level of authority you're speaking with. Are you being mentored by anyone, either inside the club or outside the club, or is all this just natural good luck? Um, so I guess when I uh, came in and started the club, um, it was kind of by myself. I pretty much don't know, didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just kind of, um, started reaching out to people. Um, but as time's gone on, I've formed a friendship with, um, Tim Sauce out of Duluth. Uh -huh. So he's kind of helped me, helped to guide me, um, in the right direction, you know, regarding, you know, should we be, uh, you know, LLC or should we go nonprofit or, right. you know, some of those decisions that, you know, I might not have much expertise on. The dad um, stuff. Say again? The dad stuff is what I You're right. Yes, yeah. exactly. He yeah. usually uh, is able to walk me through, um, you know, the choices, uh, you know, and kind of help me to see it maybe in a different light. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. you know, that's that been sense. great. I don't know Tim at all. I know the name, um, and it makes perfect sense. And I don't, I don't mean that in any way disparagingly to say you're too young to be speaking like this, but it makes sense <laughs> that someone, someone is feeding you knowledge and information. Um, yep. How do you balance your role with the club with your role with the league? Are you president of the league as well? I am, yep. So yeah. I, I don't know if you want a little history click yeah. of the league. Um, so uh, after our league in Duluth, I figured, you know, I wanted some home games, so we were always traveling up to Duluth. So I contacted, I don't know if you know some of the small towns up here, but there's a town of about 10,000 people called Rice Lake. Uh, there was a guy there named Axel. And the two of us were interested in starting a league in northwestern Wisconsin. And it kind of started off simple, um, you know, maybe six teams, see what happens. Um, he had some contacts. Um, we started talking, and then I don't know how it happened, but I ended up taking over pretty much everything. He kind of just went into a manager role. Um, and so the league started moving forward. Um, I created some bylaws um, and the first season went pretty smoothly. Obviously there's always things to fix, revise. Um, that's part of, you know, being a league. Um, 
and you know we're in our third season now this upcoming 2021 season will be our third season uh and you know we are continuing to expand um you know i think depending on who commits we'll have between eight and ten teams this year um which is uh pretty exciting for us um but yeah so yeah, it's, we've tried to create a professional brand. We, you know, if you look, go look at our original logo sometime, you will be pretty upset at me. Um, <laughs> it, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but uh, I took some time and, you know, we kind of discussed wanting to have a more professional brand. Um, we revised all of our bylaws this year, uh, you know, and made it look more professional. Um, it's been a step-by-step step-by-step process learning how to do these things learning how to manage people you know we have uh teams who have you know are primarily mexican primarily somalian primarily you know there's a Mm -hmm. lot of different so you know language barriers things like that are things that i've had to learn how to you know Mm -hmm. cope with um but it's been a fantastic experience i mean i you know i wouldn't trade it for anything Mm. you know it's been it's been a lot and added to my you know growing as a person for sure. Um, I know John's spoken at length in the past about the, the skills that he's learned from doing all this that, you know, he wouldn't learn in his day job. Um, and, you know, right. playing soccer is probably the last thing that he's improved. Well, you know, I know <laughs> I've been on a steady decline since I was Caden's age. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Great. <laughs> um, I'm interested just as a detour, but you mentioned the, the dealing with the Somalian. I love the, the, the Somalian diaspora up in Wisconsin. It always fascinates me. Um, is there just one Somalian club or have you got a handful of them involved in your league? We have two currently. So and they're both out of Barron, Wisconsin. Right. I, I just love that that exists. It's such a such an interesting thing for me. But yeah, it doesn't take us anywhere. It's a conversational cul-de-sac, but I just love it. Um, right. John, have you got any questions at this moment? Well, I mean, there's, there's always kind of the kind of the ones we go back to, Nick. I mean, like, like Kane, what's... What's maybe the one thing that you, um, in these three years, you know, at the club level, like what's what's one big mistake or something you would do differently going backwards? Oh, um, with the club, um, mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, I mean, I've made many mistakes, but uh, you can only you know learn and grow from them, I guess. Uh, I think the biggest mistake is probably, um, I would say joining our youth club um just because we went into the youth club and tried to merge with them and it just did not work um you know there wasn't really a plan there weren't agreements that were made we just kind of said hey can we be part of what you guys are doing and they said yep and then we found out there were a lot of things uh that didn't work uh including you know trying to find sponsors you know we were trying to find sponsors for our adult team you know around the communities known as the wolf pack um and then, you know, the youth were looking for sponsors and we were using the same logo and people were getting confused and stuff. So I think if we would have just kept separate from the start and just formed a partnership, I think that would have been more beneficial for both parties. What, let me, not to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you. What was your motivation for aligning with the youth club? What was the specific things that you thought were going to work in your favor? Obviously, the field savings with fundraisers, that seems like a good thing, but like what other tangible things were you thinking were going to work out better than they did? Sure. So our primary uh, reason for joining the youth club was to create a pipeline. So 
you know, you look at Man City, you know, they have an academy. So we wanted that same thing. And we didn't really see anyone else around us doing that same thing. I mean, you know, Bavarians, some of those teams down there. Um, but we kind of wanted to create that same model. Um, but and then it ended up not being a great thing because uh, we had low high school numbers this past year. So in order to give those high school players time, uh, some of them came and played for our adult team. Um, and it's just, uh, it would have been better if there were better numbers coming up through to, to actually create a pipeline. Um, and another thing we wanted to do was create exposure for, our, for the adult team so that the youth players would go watch. They see how cool it is to, you know, play in front of all these people. And then they, you know, grow up and want to play on, you know, keep continuing with soccer. Um, but it ended up not working that way. Uh, we actually don't really have many kids at our games, which is unfortunate. Our youth club didn't end up um, doing much like advertising for us with the youth. Um, so we're hoping to change that, that maybe since we're outside of it now, that the partnership will be a little better. Um, I'm going to yeah. challenge you, Caden. Not challenge you, but um, what are you going to do to entice the kids in? Yeah, so our plan this year is to have uh, ball boys, so that'll keep uh, you know kids coming. Um, we'd like to do a halftime, uh, you know, small game with some of the youth clubs. Um, we actually have two youth clubs in our area, Hayward and Spooner. So if we could do something with the two of them playing against each other, or even uh, kids at the same age. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll have merchandise and stuff like that. Uh, we'll be playing in town. Mm -hmm. So hopefully those things will help people to want to come to our games. Um, you know, we already had decent numbers, uh, but, you know, there's always room for improvement. Oh, yeah. So. Totally. Are, you, are you free to get into or do you charge a gate? So we've been free. We talked about doing tickets this year, but the facility we're going to be using uh, – basically up charges if you use tickets so there's no point of using ticket sales to only have the price of the place up charge the yeah. amount that you know what i mean so mm -hmm. well we'll keep it free to the community for sure um, All right. which i think is something that'll be you know good and you know people want to come watch so mm -hmm. um, that is one that is one thing though uh john i know you spoke about is you know having people uh pay for you know it gives value to what they're seeing, you know, all the time and commitment and stuff you put in. Um, I don't know. Has that worked for you guys? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we, the, the, the truth here in our community, I mean, we've got NIU where we play and um, it's a division one program. And mm -hmm. aside from the, you know, when they host Akron or, some big powerhouse team that comes to town, we, we generally draw more fans than they do and they're free to get in. Anybody can go watch an NIU game for free all, all fall long. Right. But people pay five bucks to come watch us instead. And um, in, I mean, we, we played them in a friendly in this early 2019 and they beat us three nil. I mean, the soccer is better at the D one level than where right. we were, but we charge money and people come and I'm not saying it's all because we charge. I think it's the the community aspect and the work we do behind the scenes to connect with the community and different things. But um, I mean, it, in your situation, it's an economic thing. Like if if you're splitting the gate, if you're if the facility is going to take half the ticket money, 
then sell tickets and give half the money away. You still get half. Right. And, and the community should recognize. And I think as Nick pointed, I think you can go speak passionately and, and explain your mission and what you guys are about where that family is not going to mind paying 10, 10 bucks to get their family in or 20 bucks to get their family in. If they're, if they're coming, they're coming. It's entertainment right in their town. That's the thing. And they need, yeah. they need to support it. Right. I mean, and that means more, that means financially as well. Mm-hmm. So right. I I, my, just, my take would be like, if you can't do tickets for the reasons that you explained, or, you know, you're worried about giving away half the money, um, find another thing, make either a voluntary donation or, you know, um, please buy a raffle ticket or please do a thing and ask them for money once they're through. If, you know, if your facility is saying we want 50% of whatever you're charging at the gate, don't charge them at the gate, charge them twice as much for a hot dog. I don't know, but you know what I mean? Just be creative with it. Don't just accept make a, it. Make okay. a suggest, make a suggested yeah. entry donation of $2 a person. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. let them put a 10 or $20 bill in. And if they don't, they don't. And if they do, they do. It's, yeah, if one 50, person 50, does it, it's $2 more than you had last time. Right, right. And, and, I, and I think that's part, of the, that's part of you over the years then carrying out what you tell these people you're doing and what you're about. So I think, I, listen, if I can go watch a, a good game of soccer for 5 bucks or 10 bucks in my town and it fits my schedule, I'm in. Like the, the money is not going to stop me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it doesn't, it could be two bucks. It could be a dollar. It could be anything you want. Um, but I think if you, you don't know until you try it first. You don't ask, you don't get. Right. No, very true. So mm-hmm. we, I mean, we've had people tell us like, well, you only charge five bucks. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. I go, I don't, I don't know. I was kind of hoping you'd bring a friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it is, it's not, I don't know. I, just, but, but, but I, on that little throwaway point, right. Personally speaking, I'd rather have two people paying five bucks each and one person paying ten because the atmosphere is better. Right. Yep. More butts in the seats is good. That's all we want. <laughs> yeah. That's how you become established in your community. Listen, guys, right. um, we're running out of time on our first half. So um, we're going to disconnect here, pick up on that link that I sent you for the second half, Caden, um, and we will open the floor to you for any questions that you may have. And in the intervening five minutes, think of some questions. All right, buddy? Sounds great. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank see you on the other side. Do you have, have you come prepared with a thousand and one questions for myself and primarily John? No one ever asks me a question. I should be offended by that. But, um. <laughs> I, yeah, I have some questions. Um, are you, are you familiar with 501s, like nonprofits oh. at all? Uh, um, I'm familiar enough that I've been through the process and okay. we, I filled out the application okay. and I resubmitted information after they asked questions twice. And we got C4 status instead of C3. Ah, okay. I've heard of that happening. Yeah. um, But um, I've toyed with reapplying and trying again, but I've been, it's, it's time consuming and it obviously costs a couple of bucks and I just haven't personally pursued it yet. So I'm a little bit familiar. I kind of kind of know what they're looking for, but I've only done it once and I failed, I guess. So I'm okay. no expert. My, I, you, Josh, you can, you can carry on this questioning in a second, Ken. I just, my, I just need to get my input in. The only reason I know for being whatever it is status that we're not 
um, whether that's three C or three D or what. I generally have no idea. But um, <laughs> in, my, in my professional life, I work in digital marketing, and I know that if we're the oh. one that we're not, we get access to Google grants for advertising, which means that you can publicise your club, your events, your matches, your shop, everything for free. They say here's X amount of thousand dollars. Go crazy. Um, there are pitfalls to that as well, but that's yeah. That's all. That's all I know, and all I can bring to the party is it's a good thing. It's free money. It is. Yeah. It is, but it's also, you know, you have to you have to really follow. I mean, being a nonprofit, you have to you have to follow, not only what you said you're going to do, but the way you spend money and the way that you do things. You have to, you you have to use your nonprofit income to support other nonprofits. You can't just be willy nilly with things. So there are some right. things that you should talk to your accountant about. And um, I, I, you know, we've got an accountant that we deal with. We've got an attorney that we deal with. Um, we, we very much treat it. It's a business. It's a nonprofit, but it's still a business and we're still um, the caretakers of that business as long as we're in charge of it. And, and we want to set the foundation for, you know, hundred year history. Right. Okay. Right. That's, that was our, you know, hope too, is I'm not going to be here for forever. You know, (laughs) if, if there's a board and stuff, then, you know, stick around, you know, that was kind of our hope with it. Um, It's a good hope. We're part of it. Um, Come on, Kate. I got one for you. I got one for you, Kate. No, while you were, while we were talking about um, charging or not charging or doing this or doing that, uh, I always say now you've got a board, you've got, you know, if you've got 19 people that would comment about uniforms, ask them, say, listen, thinking about, thinking about putting a donation jar out, is anybody strongly opposed to it to help offset some costs, to help fundraise for some, whatever, whatever the cause may be, right? General operating expenses and just get your, get your, that group around you, whether it's players, board, coaches, hey, this is what I'm. You, somebody's got to throw it out first, and and I think that's something that's the hardest thing is throw an idea out and say I want to do this. Give me feedback, right? And Nick Nick's been on the other end of that and said, settle down. Now's not the right time. And I go okay, and I put it back in my little notes file, and we'll talk about it next year. But don't be afraid to ask your other club members what they think right you might be surprised how much support you have for an idea that that just comes to your mind like that okay yeah we've had um weekly or uh, monthly board meetings since august now so um on the ticket idea it was actually pretty split half the people wanted tickets half the people didn't so well maybe um, donation maybe an optional donation right. is the, i is think the that's hybrid. something we're going to look into yeah that, that's a great suggestion um, what is what is the cut, Nick? Is it just fifteen percent still? Uh, well, all... dep- only when you turn twenty-five. It's twenty twenty percent until then. <laughs> <laughs> no, get, we we don't do that. That's a good idea, and and that's something honestly, Nick, that we should file in the old uh, memory bank for. Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we ever if we do a friendly at a non-stadium field or whatever, maybe we just maybe we just do this use the same idea. So. Yeah. See, we both learned something today. Rust, let's make it rustic. Take it back to our roots. What are so when we were filing? When I'm going through this process of uh, filing for nonprofit status, one thing that kind of tripped me up was what are members and distributions. 
Um, distributions is, uh, I believe, is what you're paying out and what you're spending your money on. Members, um, you probably, if I remember, I mean, I haven't done this application in four years, so I think the member, like we're a members, a member organization. So our right. season ticket holders are members, and our members, many of them, get tickets. Um, and I think, I think that's sort of outlined. Uh, but the distributions is is how what you're going to spend your money on basically so as members is that like a shareholder of the club like they have part you know or how does that you you define it with the business part of it you define it in your bylaws so um your board you you did you already already wrote your bylaws for the club as well um yes okay so you should you should if you haven't i think you should look at a and again, I'm not an accountant. I'm not an attorney. So you do your due diligence on checking my work here. I would have a membership provision in, in your bylaws. And then um, that could be a free membership to anybody that signs up. It could be a paid, um, you know, $25 a year. You're a member and you get to vote on things like uniforms. I mean, I think that's what a lot of, a lot of clubs do. It's a nonprofit technically has no owner. Correct. So it has a board that runs it and yep. takes care of it, but there's no owner. So Correct. we're a nonprofit. We don't have an owner. We treat our members as best we can as, you know, minority shareholders, but there's no transfer of something. There's nothing like that. Um, very, very simplistic uh, membership is to support the cause, basically. Okay. So you write in your bylaws what your membership program looks like again it could be all all anybody that lives in this town is automatically a member it could be as simple as that it could be anything you want as long as you all agree on it you'll because you didn't submit your application yet obviously right uh so i'm actually halfway through it uh (laughs) the way wisconsin does it uh is an online form so you can kind of go back and edit so Um, you probably have to upload your bylaws i would think I mean, obviously we're in Illinois, but the, the 501c3 is a federal form anyway. But, um, but I, I would probably outline that in your, in your bylaws. And we actually have even okay. in our bylaws something as specific as all, all current board members have to have a membership. So we all have to buy a $40 membership or whatever every right. year. It's, it's, it's not making them pay $1,000. It's just you have to be an active member to serve on the board. Right. So um, things like that you can build in and, and then you can look around the table and go, well, you know, there's a hundred bucks. Right. You know, it's something. I mean, that's a hundred bucks on a $6,500 or $10,000 budget. That's something. So Right. Every little um, bit helps. Right. So you, you just have to talk about that and just what kind of membership program do we want to have? Okay. And you don't have to, you don't have to widely advertise it you know, right. Even on your website, we're a member club. If you're interested in be, excuse me, becoming a member, this is how you do it. Okay, great. Um, I guess another question I had was, um, you know, what is a nonprofit more common in these lower leagues or is a for-profit? Does it just depend on the mission of the club pretty much? Well, it depends. It's a lot easier to, to, do a 
start a new business with an LLC or whatever, right? You can you do that for a hundred bucks. Right. And all of a sudden, Caden's soccer club is started. That's easier. Um, I think it's, I, I don't know the percentage. I mean, I know there's a lot of nonprofits. There's probably less, there's probably more that are not because it's, like I said, it's easier. As you're going through that application, you see like, well, you gotta put some thought into this stuff. Right. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, it's sort of not for the faint of heart. Um, again, I, I, I don't think we'd have been as, as successful if we didn't do it the way we did it. Uh, another thing that we lucked into by the way we, I didn't think I, I don't, I didn't have the, the playbook in my head of how this was going to unfold. You know, we did what we felt was right in the moment after we discussed as a board and then we did it. But I think it, it um, solidifies your intent. And I think that's as important as anything. Okay. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a nursing major, so I'm, this is something totally new to me, this business stuff. Um, when you guys are picking your name, uh, regional name versus local name, I know you spoke about this on a, on a previous podcast. We've actually, so we're going to go through a rebrand for 2021 um, with, you know, the new nonprofit status that we're hoping to get and everything. Um, and this was a big uh, thing that we were trying to decide has having a regional a more regional, I guess yours is kind of regional and local, you know, it's the county itself. Um, has that been a positive thing? Have you found that people from the whole area are feeling included or? You know, yeah. Or no? no, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the answer is yes. Um, and I, I don't know which, I think on one of the early first couple podcasts I talked about that we'd sent a survey out and listed the names. Like we gave like 12 different names in a Google form. And of course you could write your own name in and DeKalb County United was the, majority choice of the community. So we didn't think much more about it. We just went with it because it made sense. Okay. Um, and for us, our mission is united through soccer. So having united in the name made sense. We have a community with two different, the main county, DeKalb and Sycamore are, are neighboring towns that compete very strongly at the high school level. And then we have eight or nine or 10 smaller towns throughout the county and neighboring areas that um, that was the point. Well, we all kind of disagree, but we're all still from here. And so it really made sense for us. Um, we do have support from outside the county, um, mostly because the neighboring counties don't have clubs, you know, so we're right. still, we're still the closest minor league entertainment you can get. Right. Um, okay. So, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's important and the branding is important, but I always, I love asking people, ask the, ask the community, ask the members, ask, Hey, throw your names out here. Let's, mm -hmm. let's do a, you know, Chicago Nisa's doing the moniker madness, letting right. people vote <laughs> on names. I mean, it's pretty there's cool so thing. many, yeah, there's so many crazy things you can do. And then um, at the end of the day, you can ultimately, the board can make the decision. You can fix it. Caden. Yep. Why? Why are you rebranding? Why are we rebranding? Um, well, for one, so Hayward United is the name of our youth club. Okay. So that was the reason we were Hayward United. Gotcha. Um, and so that's basically the biggest reason for a rebrand. That's, that's legit. I just didn't want, I was curious if it was a vanity thing, but if, if there's logistical nope. reasons for it, go crazy. Logistically. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're actually 
pretty excited about it. We have everything done except for our primary logo. So, um, yeah, all you listeners, look for that soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's cool. I think it's exciting when you get to sort of start fresh, and you you being in a spot where you're you're making the next step too. I mean, you're taking you're not just doing a logo. You're tangibly changing your operation. You know, you're right. increasing your your planned expenses your organizational structure is changing to a more formal thing. I think it, 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 it's more appropriate to me that you're doing it as part of this overall, it's essentially a brand new club. So it makes sense. It's not just, the hey, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not vanity as Nick said. And you know what, if people do that, that's fine too. It just, you're, you're mm-hmm. doing it for a logical reason. And I, I think that's really cool. Right. Yeah. Thanks. No, we're excited about it. Um, and honestly, through this rebrand process, we've included uh, all of our players, our coach, our staff, our board. Um, so it's been a real team effort, which has been really cool to see um, just how much people care about it. That's mm-hmm. something that's been really cool. And, you know, I put a lot of work into, into the club. So just seeing how it's, it's grown is, I mean, that's a really, really cool thing to see. How do you, you said you had like 50, you were averaging 50, 60 people a game. Um, yep. how do you communicate with them at the moment? Um, so social media, um, okay. Twitter, Twitter is our biggest for, um, you know, kind of outreach, um, soccer world kind of, uh, ordeal. And then for locals, Facebook is the biggest thing. So social media is our biggest thing. Um, we're hoping to do some new things, um, this upcoming season, uh, you know, having pamphlets around town, um, we've been in the newspaper since the beginning. So that's been fantastic. They have our game dates and uh, write-ups every that's a huge win. Yeah. Oh, it's fan. They, yeah. um, sorry, kind of record does a, a fantastic job and uh, yeah, they're at, at pretty much every game taking pictures. Uh, we were on the front page of the newspaper sports section. Uh, I'd say bi-weekly at least. Um, <laughs> Imagine is, that John. I mean, nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it's, it's I, nice. No, and, and, and this is going to sound terrible, but in a town of 2000, you ought to be the biggest dance in town. Mm. Right. And, and you, you, you have a team of 20 and some, I mean, you have 30 people that, Hey, everybody go give out a hundred of these and you could, you could literally touch everybody in town. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I mean, you, you could have the Icelandic story that Nick mentioned where you're getting 800, you're getting 50% of the team varsity blues, right? You probably don't remember that movie. It came out before you were born. <laughs> but like, <laughs> Like w- the whole town shuts down because Hayward United or whatever you're called next or whatever, there's a game and we're going mm-hmm. because right. everybody's there. Right. Like Big, you have, biggest dumb you show have, in town. Yeah. You, right. You have the ability to have a greater impact on your community immediately than we do in a bigger community. Mm-hmm. Because right. you can, you can literally know every single person. Right. Which is, you know, that's, that's one thing, though, that is tough to balance because northern Wisconsin soccer is pretty much, you know, it's pretty much irrelevant in many ways. You know, it's uh, compared to football. Um, mm-hmm. So the entertainment value has to be, per, uh, I guess, the biggest thing. See, it um, doesn't, it doesn't. Know, because there's a baseball team who plays at the same time as us. And I'll tell you, they draw – you know, 200 people right. to their games. So that's, you that's, your, that's your first target is to outdraw them. 
how do you do that? If you're not in a soccer market, people aren't going to come because you're a soccer club. So they're going to have to come for some, some other reason. Correct. Right. So, um, you know, that's why we're going to try to play in a, in a, in a stadium now, you know, there's uh, nice bleachers, uh, well-groomed field, um, in the middle of town. So that'll be really nice. That'll hopefully, uh, you know, bump up our popularity. Um, uh, you know, the rebrand, people are going to see, you know, a fresh look, mm -hmm. um, fresh team. Uh, we were in some news. I think our popularity has continued to grow. I mean, the amount of people who came last year was exponentially higher than the year before. So mm -hmm. this next year, you know, it should jump up again. Um, and oh. soccer is beginning to grow, but, you know, we got to help push it along. Yeah, it's a, it's a collaborative effort. I think um, – People, God love you, but people aren't going to come because of the quality or lack of the bleachers. They're going to come because you are representing that community. If you're, if you're up against a minor league baseball team, then you've got transient players who are you know, on a pipeline to something better, even if that's just the Iowa Cubs or whatever. Right? They're, in theory, they are, there's no attachment to them. Your players are part of that community. They've grown up there. They've gone to high school there. They've gone to college there. They've got jobs there. They're, they're the mechanic. The, the, the fabled FA, FA Cup stories of the mechanic or the roofer or the school teacher or whatever. Um, right. That's your, that's your in. That's how you get people coming because um, the car mechanic puts a flyer in every car that he does saying, hey, I play here. If you like what I did with your car, come and watch me play. The school, te <laughs> right. the school teacher promotes it through every parent's evening. And goes in every school newsletter. You, he's an in to getting every single school kid's family there because um, you can give away tickets or you can, you know, parade them for their best. I don't know, best volcano project, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But they are part of that community far more than the baseball team are. So use utilize that. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's fantastic advice. I um, for sure, we'll take that into you know uh, and implement that. Um, Oh, one question I had uh, for you guys also, uh, this is more league-based, but NP or um, Midwest Premier League, what are the aspirations of the league? Uh, like, keep, you our, know, keep our clubs keep our clubs sustainable. It's about Period. club sustainability? Period. Okay. That's, well, I'm, I'm one of a number of clubs, um, and I'm on the board, so I – speak as, as Nick says, I don't shut up. So I speak more than <laughs> others, but, but the reason we left the UPSL to, I guess, be a part of starting this was I understood the, the things that we needed more support from a league. And um, there weren't, there's really not a lot of options. The UPSL is, we had tried it and didn't, didn't find it to be a good fit. The NPSL is ridiculously expensive. Yep. So what, the only thing left is, you know, some sort of, you know, local Chicago suburb league. Well, again, if you grew up in our community and you played youth soccer, you've, you've done home and away games at all these little suburb clubs. Like you, right. we've done that before. You've done that your whole life. Right. So what is so special about it that sponsors should support us? So, right. So finding a league, and now being a part of the league that we understand like what schedules work well for attendance. We understand the travel costs money if you choose to spend money on buses and things like that. So um, 
there was, you know, enough like-minded people that we started it and then didn't get to play. But, but the whole, the whole mission in our, in our bylaws is, um, you know, for the good of the sport and the sustainability of our club. So if we can, if we can have my club and, and all the other clubs around us around for the long term, then we've done our, like the league shouldn't get in the way of clubs being able to exist. And we want to, we want to support our clubs so that they can be around. And if, and if it's, if it's such that they need to leave the league because it's not the right fit for them, because, you know, whether the travel gets weird or they lose some sponsors and they need to step away, then just don't fold. You know what I mean? We'd rather have teams leave than fold. Right. And I think other leagues just worry about collecting expansion checks and right. we're, we're volunteer run and we, you know, we're not in it for the money either. We, want to keep the money as low as possible so teams can afford to compete and do good things in their own communities. Do you see regional leagues like yourself being the future of soccer? Besides, you know, besides these national leagues, you know, do you think those will be, you know, eventually become defunct? Um, well, I think the, it's a business model, you know, even like at the club, we run it like a business cause it is a business at the league. We were, we're running it. Uh, we're also like you, you got to, sort of fumble through things but we've got a lot of people uh, we've got more clubs to announce that had applied before the deadline um, we got a very good group of people that come from different experiences so um, right I, I think regional is the way to go nick nick's a big proponent of this he says that there's no reason i just look hayward is almost six hours from us there's yeah. quite honestly no reason we should ever play you right right now if we choose to play you that's different, but we should never be forced to play you in a league match or anything like these amateur players. If they're training once or twice a week, they're away from their families, their jobs. If they're doing schooling, some of them are doing full-time jobs and taking night classes and trying to play soccer. And then to ask them to take 18 hours on a Saturday to go play a game. Right. Ridiculous. Where by the way, where, by the way, you might only get to play seven minutes of the second half. <laughs> yeah. It just, yep. it, it is, it's, it doesn't work. So right. um, my opinion is regional leagues make more sense because we care. We understand our own climate. We understand that it snows three weeks earlier in Northern Wisconsin than it does in Illinois. Right. And I think the regional leagues, we will have to divide ourselves as well into smaller geographical areas we will have to because right if we continue to work together like we are even doing things like this podcast and talking to clubs and sharing experiences we're going to have so many clubs um you're not going to have to go now you're different you're going to have to go an hour no matter what right <laughs> yeah but we are 70 miles from chicago and and we're going to have we're going to have fifth in 10 years we're going to have 50 clubs within an hour of us Right. The way that things are growing. Right. So good luck convincing me that it's best for my club to travel to Hayward to play a game. Well, and you don't want to travel just, six hours just to go home with your butts kicked too, you know, that just well, even if you go up, even if you go up and win. <laughs> okay. Again, my, my, my coach has to take time off. Right. You know what I mean? Like the coach yep. is away from their family. Um, um, yeah, my, 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 and it's an amateur model well is, too. Yeah, it's yeah. the community could not give a rat's ass. Right. 
Right? If you're if you if you go away, we've got an away game in DeKalb or DeKalb are coming to town. Well, give a crap, right? Whereas right. if you if you're playing Eau Claire, all of a sudden there's a there's no there's a rivalry there. Correct. When so, yep. when people are coming because you're a soccer club, then you can say you know we can make people travel. But pe- right now people are coming because you're a community. So no, absolutely not. You shouldn't be traveling. Ideally, you shouldn't be traveling more than half an hour, right? But you know that's never going to happen. Um, right. But well, my background in soccer, um, I followed a national team, but I also I was also involved in non-league soccer. And my community, I wasn't traveling more than probably an hour for the entire league. Um, and I know the English setup is different, but that right. allows you to foster hostilities with people that you work with and, you know, and to understand a different town centre and all these little things that, that make supporting a soccer club different than supporting baseball and on the, on the TV. Um, Correct. Yeah. The, I'm not involved in the league in any way, shape or form other than, um, you know, I ask John for information and he portrays confidences, but... He doesn't. If anyone from the league is listening, John does not portray any confidence, I swear. Or if he does, he doesn't make a thing about it, and I've never known. But um, to me, the league is a great, and we were speaking about this before, the league is a great template for how it could be done. We don't know if it works, because it's never, it, it works on paper, because we've had, because we, they have had, you know, so many applications. Um, but we haven't kicked a ball in anger. So ask us again in two years' time whether the league format works. But in theory, it works. There doesn't appear to be a downside to it. If it works, then it is a great template because it's affordable and it's local and it's club-driven. So there isn't a man in a suit saying, this is the way to do it. There isn't someone imposing rules on high saying, you know, we need to do this for the good of the game. Honestly, screw the good of the game. Again, I care about the good of the community. I want to be the biggest draw in DeKalb. I want to be... I want NIU football program to be looking at soccer, the soccer club and saying, how are they doing that? Right. And if we can do that, and if you can do that with, against your baseball club, if Josh can do it in Bateau against whatever bunch of cows he's up against, great. <laughs> um, but until the only way that we become the biggest show in town is by commit, appealing locally. We're not, look, we, we can't, we're never going to make a, a national footprint. You know, it, right. we, we struggle to get involved in the state cup. We're not going to have anything to do with a national national cup. It's just not in our remit. It's a great fa- right. the Marine versus Tottenham is a great fairy tale, but the fact that it's taken 120 years for that to happen, for that biggest matchup ever, we are so far away from playing Chicago Fire or New York City. It's not right. even. It doesn't bear thinking about. Right. No, it's not fathomable, and that's that's something that our league. You know, our we'll pass the league. We have teams scattered all over, you know, there's pretty big gaps between each team and trying to find that identity between a regional league and, you know, because, you know, the Midwest Premier League, you guys have some really established clubs. You guys are doing a fantastic, fantastic job. The variance is, I mean, that's a fantastic pickup. Um, are they? You know, I've never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, you know, that's what, you know, we look up to someday to, you know, they're the staple for a Wisconsin club. So, you know, that's a fantastic pickup, you know, but we have younger teams um, who are still traveling far distances. Um, you know, and our teams are primarily made of college players, you know, college age players. Um, some guys who are a little older, uh, we allow uh, three high school age players. Uh, that's changing to five this year. Um, you know, trying to find that identity uh, and, you know, how far do we expand? Um because, you know, we look at, like, you know, regional league status, which is fantastic, but some of the towns, Barron, 
St. Croix Falls, some of these towns who have teams, they don't even have the facilities to have a minimum 500 seats, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to find that balance between, you know, what we could be. Um, but at the same time, you know, the goal is to grow soccer. So if we leave those clubs behind, you know, then you're not growing soccer. You know, that's not the point of this. So, um, no, no, I think you're, but I think you're, see, you're, I don't know your market as well as you do, obviously. You're in a more um, rural, spread out area. So, sure. if I was you, and I'm just, just spitballing since we just met today. Okay. <laughs> I would, I would draw a line on a map and draw a circle and say, this is what our league covers geographically. And then, how can we, look at every town that has a club and, and have good relationships. And then how can we look at every town that doesn't and how can we help them find it? And how can you make your area, whatever you, whatever circle size you draw, how do you fill that with as many little stars as possible? Right. Because that's what reduces the travel. That's what creates the away match. Hey, it's a half hour down the road. Let's go kick their ass. It creates all that. And if you can do it, you don't have to go crazy on league standards with 500 seats and all that. Some of the, some of the beautiful things that I see from across the pond is every place, every home ground's different. You know, right. you don't have, some don't have any seats, right? They just have the standing. What do you call it, Nick? The standing up pole just that you lean on. Yeah. The stands. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't, <laughs> you can make, make, yeah, very clever. Make people bring chairs and sit, you know? Right. I mean, it's, it's one thing to have, minimum standards but i know that if we didn't have to have minimum standards and we could do things differently we'd be that much more sustainable right now I, again i like the i like the professionalism or the symbol you know the vision of of a professional atmosphere i like the the things like that but i think we we all even in the midwest premier league we have to find that balance as you're saying of We've got Bavarians are 90 years old. Right. We've got Detroit City FC reserves. We've got Michigan Stars reserves. Right. Yep. We've got legitimate clubs. We've got brand new clubs like Rockford. Um, right. Or this new Michigan we, team you picked up. Yeah, brand new uh, team. Where do we where do we find the balance that the the disparity that we have already can work for everybody? And we're going to have to, we're going to have to deal with it. You know, it may be that, Hey, there's too many new clubs and they're not good enough. And the Bavarians tell us after a year or two or whatever, that this isn't working out. Hey, no problem. Do your, you know, like do your thing. Maybe, but our goal is, is to work together so that those clubs don't fold. If they leave, they leave, but we don't want them to fold. And then a community loses its club. Right. Right. So your goal is to have a community or a, a club in each community and to grow from there mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's, that's fantastic. That's, fantastic. Yeah. To go to back to your point about the 500 seater bleachers, that's, that's a great standard to have. But if that's not attainable for 90% of the clubs that fall within your catchment area, then don't right. focus on that. Focus on something that, you know, is it, is it a league standard that you've all got, that you've all got to have straight lines when they're marked out, marking out the pitch or that you unified corner flags or something, but do something that's attainable that allows people to feel a part of it rather than excluding them. Right. Right. And if you, if you can, if you can get 500 people going to a game 
then the community starts clamoring for a, for a facility that allows them to sit on the bleachers. Right. So make, yeah. yeah. Make that if you get butts in the control. seats, if you get butts in the seats, then you can go get the seats. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Realistically, yeah. Um, so, any, any more for any more, Jaden? Yeah. So another question just, I had. Just fair um, warning, you've got five minutes. So. Five minutes. Oh, um, man. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see where I should go. Um, social media. What is the importance of social media for you guys' club? I mean, is it the biggest, you know, way of of having a community presence? It's the freest way. Yeah, freest way. <laughs> uh, you 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 broke it down perfectly, right? Twitter is a great platform, um, but and this is my baby, so I'm going to run with this one. Um, but Facebook is your local platform. We've got over a thousand <laughs> followers on Twitter. We don't get a thousand people through the gate because 99% of them are in San Diego or Tulsa or Albuquerque, right? Um, I always pick on San Diego for some reason. We, um, we have a, a noticeable brand. We've put a lot of work into it. We have a, a, a badge that was designed uh, years ago, not years ago, but a while back, and it's fantastic. And it always gets kudos, and we love it. And it, you know, it brings us notoriety in a good way. Um, we have a tone of voice online that people seem to chive with, and we have that tongue-in-cheek rival with Iowa and especially the uh, kissing cousins in Dubuque and all that stuff it's great <laughs> but it you know there's uh, it might get two more people local people in um right. just once and then then they are subject to what we put on offer whether they come back or not but it isn't a long-term strategy it isn't going to get um it isn't going to double the gate what's going to double the gate is engaging is not shouting on Twitter, but engaging with local people on Twitter. So you find your local businesses and you you amplify their voice by retweeting and you engage with what they're saying and they're saying, that's a great idea, or have you thought about doing this, or yada, 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 or yeah, we'll be there. Um, in a community of your size, social media is can afford to be a very small thing that you do. Realistically, because of who you are and where you are, social media is social it is going out there and drinking in the bars when we're allowed to or supporting local businesses or flyering in people's windows or whatever it is or just being present going to fundraisers for other events and being present as the club um most of you as young men will be personable and enthusiastic and people will want to support you they've they know they knew when you were eight years old and you were mowing people's lawns right um right they love the young man that you've become not you per se but the, everyone through 11 that is there they want to support you so maximize that potential by getting in people's faces not aggressively you don't have to be aggressive but you've got a, a in a bizarre way you've got a lot easier than we do and certainly a lot easier than nisa chicago do because you can literally go out there and glad hand every single potential customer from here to next week and you're done right have um, you found that oh go ahead no go on it's it's, it's john's old saying of boots on the floor that's the for you in your market that's the best way of doing it okay have you found that um i guess i don't, I don't even know if you guys do them but uh is more of your engagement organic or sponsored um we do very little sponsor the only time we sponsor stuff is when we're doing events um you know like camps or we, we put a little bit of money in 2019 behind game day promotions we're going to do it a little bit more but um Again, with the size of your market, you you know you there's only going to be a finite amount of money you can spend. Right. Um, right. It's worth doing it. It's absolutely worth doing it. 
but there's got to be a return for it. If you're not charging admission fee and you're not selling merchandise and you're not getting a cut of the um, of the of the concessions, you're spending ten bucks to promote your match and getting what back? Right, right. And it's only ten bucks, and it might get you five people through the gate, which is great. You know, that's a tenth of your game day attendance, but there's no financial return for that. If you, t- if you came with it as a loss leader of like, we're going to do it now so that this time next year we can charge those 500 people $10, great. But, but you're going to have to factor that into your long-term accounting. You can't just do it as an ad hoc and see, you know, suck it and see. You don't have that, for, you don't have that um, opportunity. Correct. Right. Right. There's the what you're putting in for what you're getting out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Correct. Okay. Um, unfortunately, we are running out of time, young man. It's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Um, if you do have any more questions, by all means, hit us up. Um, you know where we are. Um, anybody who's been listening to this and enjoying what we're talking about, we do actually have a club startup pack. I've never plugged it before, but we do. Um, hit us up on social media if you want to direct link to it. Otherwise, it's available through our website somewhere. I forget where. Um, we are always happy to talk. If you want to be involved in the podcast, drop us a line and we will, you know, we will book you in. That's how we got Caden, I think. Or did you, I reach out to you? No, you reached out to me, didn't you, Caden? It doesn't matter. We will talk to anybody. Um, John, any closing hey, comments? Caden, best of luck. No, yeah. no, Caden, I think you're doing a wonderful job, man. Best of luck to you. Keep in touch. And uh, as much as I said I don't want to play you, I'd, I love to play clubs like, like yours that are like-minded and, and have a mission and a vision. And I think it's, uh, I think it's great what you're doing, buddy. All, all, all yeah, I ask is that you make sure it, you beat Bateau. That's it. Oh, obviously, of course, Tech 4 Derby will be ours, so... Excellent. Um, <laughs> no worries, young man. Look after yourself. Speak to you later. Yep. Bye, guys. Thanks, luck, guys. Bye. Now the time has come for leaving. Fear, now we shall return. We were so glad we could make it, but so sad we gotta run. Well, it might be a long time till we raise another glass. You can rest assured that next time we'll have ourselves a laugh.